Following God is one of the, 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 the coolest things to, to, to learn, uh, you know, but, but being accurate in it is a process, praise God. I said being accurate in the flow of God or following God, and I'm just going to tell you, if you won't give up, if you won't quit, God will get you through. Amen. He'll get you through the other side. You know, there's, there's so much, you know, the Lord uh, showed me the other night, uh, or this is a, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess now, but he had showed me some things uh, 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 or it said some things to me and spoken some things to my heart that I believe are coming, not for this church specifically, but for uh, uh, this country. And one of the things that or what was spoken to me was simply, or this is what I spoke out of my spirit, I should say this, is that America is going to be brought to its knees. And, you know, in that I understood some things I understood, but he also let me understand that, 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 that the church would be protected, the church, uh, or I should say just the church, but those that are trusting in him will be protected. Amen. And that gave me a lot of encouragement, made me double check to make sure I'm trusting in him. Glory to God, because I don't want to get caught with my pants down, so to speak. I want to be, you know, I want to be able to, to walk this thing out right. But, you know, sometimes there's need for that. And the things that'll be, there's sometimes there'll be a shaken to shake things loose and sometimes to shake off that, which isn't good, you know. Um, today, uh, uh, I can't remember, was it uh, someone who brought you flowers for, uh, for uh, what was the bouquet, for your birthday, right? Yeah, uh, yeah the vase of flowers. Who was that from? Mark, Mark and Allison, they brought the flowers and uh, they were sitting up in the window, but that was, uh, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, and it's, they're, they're kind of dry now. And I opened the, the windows today in the house, and as soon as I opened the windows, you know, the wind was blowing really good, and, and a bunch of those uh, flowers and leaves blew off into the rest of the house, and what is that? It's just the wind was blowing the things off that are dead and they're useless, amen? And so I think the same thing will happen in the church as well. But that's not something for us to be afraid of, it is something for us to be prepared for. And how do we prepare? We prepare by trusting God. We prepare by, uh, 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 by looking to Him and trusting Him and what He's going to do. But I've been learning this as a pastor, and I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm not so much looking to, you know, before as a pastor, when I first became a pastor, you know, the, the, it seemed like what you had to do is you had to run up to all the fruit. You know what I mean? You're the fruit, praise God. And so you, you had to run up to all the fruit and make sure it's secured, uh, you know, fastened down and, and tied down and stuff like that. And what I've learned in, in, in nine, oh, nearly nine years of preaching is this. Well, even if you fasten it down, if it's fruit that's dead, it's going to find a way out of that. And so what I do now, what I've started shifting to do now is just preaching the word and stay, staying with the truth. And, you know, there will be a doubt checkup on some things, you know, as I, as I feel led to as I need to. But there's a point where some of it, you just let it go. You just got to let it go. Amen. I said you just sometimes there's things you just got to let go. Praise the Lord. And you don't want to see it go, but you let it go because it isn't going to stay anyways. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not looking for people. Uh, I'm not looking for people that don't care. I'm looking for people that care or hungry. And so if I have to sort through a thousand to get to one, then that's what we'll do. Amen. Uh, but I know this. My wife and I we were talking about this this evening. You know, we've been through a lot of stuff over the years. We've been certainly come down a path that wasn't easy. And there's been a lot of op obstacles, a lot of opposition. And, and I especially me, I'm not, I haven't been a person who would, you would normally think would would be able to make it but I have made it because I've been because I've been filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to ensure and I stay filled with the word and he's going to ensure through those things that I make it amen and the same thing goes for you if I can make it you certainly can make it there's no excuse amen 
Praise the Lord, because I wanted to give up many times too. I wanted to quit many times too. But there's something about this. Uh, there's something about this this thing we call the Holy Spirit. This wonderful blessing we call the Holy Spirit that just won't let me quit. Amen. Just keeps pressing me on, and I figure, praise the Lord. If I got it, if I can't do it here, I'll do it somewhere else. So, Amen. Glory to God. And so, with that, we're going to get into tonight's message because this there is a lot more people. I'm just going to say this, and maybe you're online even listening, and maybe and then maybe this will apply to you. Maybe it won't. But I'm just going to say there's a lot more people that need to hear this message and need to take. Forgive me if I get bold in the Holy Spirit here for a second. But there's people that need to be here, sitting here, listening to this message and getting the things that are supposed to be imparted to him from it. And you can't blame God when you don't have it if you won't be where you need to be to get it taken care of. Praise the Lord. You need to let the word get into you. You need to embrace it and run with it. And if you won't do that, I'm not picking on people. You know, I know there's some people that reached out to us I'm not uh, that said they weren't going to be here. I'm not necessarily talking to you. I'm not necessarily not. I'm just talking out there because I know that there's, there's boldness to do it. Praise the Lord. I was stirred and excited about this message because I'm like, man, this message is what people needed. And I even, I even gave a little bit of a pre-snippet of it on Sunday. Hallelujah. To serve people. So even if you're online, you should have heard, you know, if you could have got here, you should have been. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, this will just help you. This, uh, this will help you. It can still help you even if you're not here, if you listen to it. Amen. But, you know, uh, I sent out the slick text. How many people got the slick text today? Praise the Lord. Everybody. I uh, assumed you got it. So that, that's good that you got it. But there was a part of the slick text that I didn't want. I didn't put in there. I purposely set it up kind of like an advertisement. Kind of came to me that way. You know what I mean? An advertisement for a new weight loss pill or something like that. That's kind of how, how we were going with it. And, and I didn't have room on the slick text, but I was going to send this. I didn't have a... Uh, a graphic uh, a graphics person to design me a slide to send out either uh, at last minute notice, you know. So, so, but I was going to put this asterisk on it, you know, that that uh, you know, because there's always the fine print, and the fine print is this: some some personal application does apply. Amen. And so this is the way it is with the word. We can, you know, uh, actually, I was praying this out in the shower before before when I was getting getting to get here. Amen. I prayed this out in the shower that uh, that, that if you if you let emotions rule you, you will be ruled by your emotions. But it's all depending on what we allow to happen. And this life, you can't, now listen, I, it doesn't mean you can't experience emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. Even bad emotions, you can experience them, and there's nothing wrong with you if you do that. There's nothing wrong with you spiritually if you deal with not wanting to. Believe me, guys, there is nothing wrong with that. I don't want to most of the time. But, most, but, but not wanting to does not decide what I'm going to do. What, deci what makes me decide what I'm going to do is what's needed to be done. What I have to do to do the next thing that I'm called to do. That's the way my wife and I have chosen to live our lives. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's very difficult. But I'm just here to tell you, if we can do it, you can do it. Amen? I said, if we can do it, you can do it. Especially if I can do it, you can do it. Amen? Praise the Lord. So without further ado, tonight's message is called, Are You Blessed? Glory to God. Are you blessed? And uh, the, the, there's kind of a subtitle for it. We didn't get it up there, but it's resisting bitterness by faith. Wow. Hallelujah. Now, you, you might remember if you were here on Sunday or if you listened to Sunday's message, you might remember me saying something along these lines. And what I said was this. I said, I was go, wa going along and the, Lord, uh, and the Lord, I heard in my spirit, the Lord say to me, are you blessed? And I knew that it was, you, you know, that I better be, make sure that I answer that question correctly. Yeah. Amen. And as Christians, I'm just going to tell you, if you are, there, there is, I'm going to tell you, there are things, if you think it's been hard up to this point, you better just hold on because there's, there's a lot harder coming. 
You thought COVID was hard? You thought, I, and I'm, I'm not prophesying exactly what's coming. I just know this, that a lot harder is coming. Yeah. I said a lot harder is coming. Now, that's not to make you afraid, but that is to wake you up. Yeah. We need to be woke up. We need to understand, listen, this, this thing, we have to decide. We are either in or we are out. We cannot sit on the fence and just wait and watch things go by. If we sit on the fence, we will be knocked off of it. Yeah. I said if we, oh, praise God, where's this boldness coming from, love? If we, if we sit on the fence, we are going to be knocked off of it. There is the time for Christians to be weak-minded, weak-hearted, weak Christians is over. It's yeah. done. It's time to get over that. It's time to move into what this stuff about faith that we've been preaching all along has been about. You know, I said to my wife, I said, I haven't always preached everything perfectly. There's many messages I wish I could go back and redo. As I've learned things, if I've, as I've gone on and I've learned more, I've realized that there's some things I didn't have perfect. But I can tell you this. That the heart of the messages that we have preached has never changed. It's never, it's, it's stayed the same. The heart of it is to preach faith, is to get people connected to God. And because once, because we've had this, this understanding and this realization that once people are connected to God, praise the Lord, they can overcome anything. Yeah. And that's the truth it is. But, but, but tonight's message is focus on that because in asking that simple question, are you blessed? And depending on how people answer that question shows whether or not or how they're connected to God. But we have to understand this. And I, and I even sense this. I don't know if it's in here. I don't know if it's out there. I don't know if it's coming down the line. But I sense this. Bitterness. And I'm just going to warn you. Bitterness is a trap. It's a trap of the enemy. And it's a trap of the enemy because it's so easy for him to use. And the reason it's so easy for him to use is because although you might not like the feelings that make you bitter, you love bitter. You love being bitter. Why do you love being bitter? Because you're human. And there's something in you. There's a sin nature in you that, that gravitates towards bitterness. You know what I'm talking about. Somebody does something against you. You get bitter. You know, things don't go your way at, at home or at church. You get bitter. How many people have left the Lord, have left churches because they've gotten bitter about something? Bitterness is a trap. Amen? Bitterness is a trap meant to separate you from God. I didn't say separate you from a church. I didn't say separate you from man. I said separate you from God. That's what bitterness is about. And bitterness is something that only the individual can deal with. Only the individual can deal with. You, are, you alone are the only one that can deal with bitterness in your life. Let me, let me say this again. You alone are the only one who can deal with bitterness in your life. I can't pray bitterness out of you because bitterness is a choice. It's a choice that we embrace. It's something that we embrace. It's something we decide that we're going to live in or something that we are going to refuse. Either way, it is up to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the reason the question, are you blessed, is because we have to understand what the blessing of the Lord is. And we're going to get into this throughout the message. We're going to get into this more and thoroughly throughout the message. But this, this, this will help people. These, these things, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not saying this because I, I preach in the messages. Because I don't come up with this stuff. I don't just, you know, in my, if, if you know me, you can know that my desire is not to come up with, well, I mean, my desire is to come up with something good, right? I do desire that like anybody else. But my desire is not to come up with the things that I preach to you. Because the things I preach to you convict me also. I said, the things I preach to you convict me also. If you think that I'm preaching boldly and I'm just convicting you, oh, folks, let me tell you. I'm stepping on my toes as much as I'm stepping on yours, sometimes more, because I have good realization of what I'm preaching. Amen? At least in the minute I do, in the moment I do. 
It's like there's something in a preacher. They preach something, get real excited about it. They're preaching something. Then they, then they have this realization that they got to go out and live it too. Because it works for me just the same way as it does for you. Or it doesn't work for me the same way it won't for you. Amen? There's no special anointing to, 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 to deal with the devil. You just deal with the devil according to the word. You deal with opposition according to the word. You stand or you fall according to the word. Amen? You don't stand or fall based on feelings or based on ideas or based on mankind or what some preacher tells you. You stand or fall based on the word. If you embrace the word, you do what the word says. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you let the word change you, then you will stand. But if you don't, you won't. If you quit, you quit and you lose. That's all there is to it. Glory to God, hallelujah. I said if you quit, you quit and you lose. That's all there is to it. The only way you see victory is if you don't quit. And I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting for nothing. I might quit on this or quit on that, but I'm not quitting on God. I'm going forward in faith. I'm going forward in God. I'm pressing into the things that he has. And if I have to do that here or somewhere else, I'll do it wherever God leads me. But I am following God. Glory to God. And if I miss it, and I make a mistake, and I screw up everything, I'm going to get right back up, and I'm going to start focusing on God again. Because that's the only way to go forward. There's too much in my life from my past that has told me that, that, that I won't get anywhere if I go back to that. So I ain't going back to that. Praise the Lord, and you ain't going back to it either. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the simple answer to are you blessed is yes, I'm blessed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Philippians 4. Praise God. How, baby, I don't know where this came from, but it, it just kind of stirred up on the inside of me. And, and you know, as uh, Reverend Gru would say, son, I, I woke up nice this morning. I did. I woke up excited. Oh, man, I came out of bed. I was like, I had the scripture on my heart, one of the scriptures I'm going to preach on tonight, and just, just stirring in my heart, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I had a message. I didn't even have to work for it. Glory to God. That didn't mean I didn't have to do anything to get there, but I just said I didn't have to work for it today. Hallelujah. It just, it, it just poured, well, you know, the message was already in me. Praise the Lord. Uh, but God brought it out. Hallelujah. I didn't have to work to bring it out is what I'm saying. You know, sometimes you got to work to bring something out. You know what I mean? If you want to get grapes, you got to stomp, or you want to get wine or juice out of grapes, you got to stomp them or press them or do whatever you got to do. There's work involved in all that. And, and glory to God, this is oozed out of me as I woke up. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. But bitterness is a trap. Now, listen, when you say bitterness, and what bitterness in anything? See, anytime you're bitter, some, you, you, in, your, in your estimation, you, you have been j or jilted. There's something that you didn't get that you thought you should have. There is no room for bitterness in a born-again believer. I said there is no room for bitterness in a born-again believer. There is nothing this world can take away from you that God, will want, that God puts in you. Amen? Amen. Now, the world will take a lot of things away. They come take your house, take your cars, they take all, you take your paycheck, they take all kinds of things. And if that's where you, if that's where you lose it, praise God, then that's where your faith was. But if your faith is in God... You have an understanding in you that no matter what the world or the devil tries to take from you, God can restore it and will restore it. God keeps us, God keeps us whole. Praise God. But we have to understand some things about the scriptures, and we're going we're gonna to understand that here. Philippians 4.11. We're going to start there. 4.11 and 12. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. I am. I know how to get along with, the hum with humble means, and I, I, know, I also know how to live in prosperity. 
in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Hallelujah. What does it mean that you, that you that, that, what, what is Paul pointing to right here? What is he telling the Philippians? No matter where I'm at, I've learned to be content. And you know what he's learned about being content? I'm just going to make it real simple for us. I'm not going to, there's going to be no test on this. It's going to be real easy for you. You know what he did? He learned this thing called faith. And faith is in one thing alone, one thing and one thing only. I'm going to help you with this. Are you ready? You, you don't have, there's not a such thing as faith for finances. There is not a such thing as faith for healing. There is not a such thing for faith for, 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 for uh, abundance or, or, or how, whatever it is, whatever you could come up with. There is one faith, the Bible tells us that, you know, by the way, there's one faith, and that faith is in God alone. That's what it is. See, if your faith, if, your, if everything that matters to you is wrapped up in Him, then there's nothing that can be removed from you. Because if everything's in Him, He keeps it. I said He keeps it. He protects it. Now, there, there, there's truth. You know, there's times if you're in a, a time of lack, you need to trust God, right? You need to believe God. What does that mean, to believe God? It means you're going to trust God. I don't have it right now, but I trust God. I ain't worried about it. I don't have nothing right now. Maybe it's all been removed from me, but I trust God. I, maybe I don't have enough to get to next week, but I trust God. Amen? Maybe, you, you know, in whatever state, and that's what he's saying, wherever he is, it doesn't matter uh, 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 what, what place he's in, what position he's in. And, and specifically, these scriptures are talking about finances because he had just received an offering and he was explaining a truth to them. But I, I fully believe that the Bible teaches that this extends far past finances, uh, far past our, our basic needs and wants. See, what Paul was saying is that I have learned in whatever state I am, praise the Lord, in, every, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. See, what so often we think is, is that whatever the thing is that I think I'm lacking, if I had that thing, it would be better. And that is a number, that's one of our number one want, lies. But it's in that place where bitterness has its root. Because if you don't get what you think that you needed or think that you wanted, and you allow bitterness in, that bitterness grows, and it grows, and it grows. See, every time we think that we have lost something, every time we think something's been removed from us and we dwell on that, open door for bitterness. And that is an open door for the end of our walk in faith. Doesn't mean that you, it will necessarily stop, but it means you're on a path to it if you don't stop it. Amen. See, going forward uh, to, to ask the question, are we blessed? We have to understand some things. We have to understand by the very nature of what God has created, created us to be, we are presently, right now, fully blessed. We might not have everything we want, we might not have everything we need. We might not have everything, uh, you, you, you know, all, all those things that, that we think should be there, but we are currently blessed. And so to add, answer the question, now what I'm saying here is I'm not saying some hypothetical, and we're gonna, I'm going to get to this a little more. I'm not speaking some hypothetical like, oh, we just lie and say we're blessed when we don't feel blessed. That's not what I'm talking about. We have to have an understanding that we are blessed. 
And to understand that we are blessed, we have to get back to the basics and understand who God is and what he's done. Just by the very nature of us being able to call ourselves Christians means that we are blessed. It means we are fully blessed. Actually, we know this. The Bible tells us that, that if he gave us Jesus, there's no, good thing with, there's no good thing he withhold from us. Amen? Or if he gave us Jesus, that there's nothing he wouldn't give us. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, when I think about this, I, I don't know why, but every time I think about this, this, this subject matter, um, at least in recent years, I always think about Romeo and Juliet. And there's this one specific scene in Romeo and Juliet. Now, in my training, I was trained not to ever use, you know, the, use movies or songs or, or poems or any of that stuff. But I'm throwing all that out because I do anyways. And the reason I'm throwing it all out is because if you can get a truth and something that you know, well, praise the Lord, we're just going to use that truth. Amen? So I'm not saying that Romeo, I do happen to like this story. I think it's a really neat story. You know, it's a, one of those, those, those tragic, tragic things. But, but there's, some, there's some truth in there, and this is what I think of every time. There's this time in Romeo and Juliet, and if you all know the story, if you don't know the story, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, I'll say, spare you that. Yeah, Romeo, Romeo. I can't even say the next part well, but uh, it doesn't matter. So, so we, we know that Romeo finds Juliet. They're different families, feuding families, and uh, he falls in love with her. She falls in love with him, but there's no way they're going to allow these things to be, right? And we understand that there's this tension between them. But the priest, the priest, the smart guy, right? The pastor, that's the priest. It's the, you know, he's the smart guy. He sees this as a great opportunity to bring the families together. And he, but he knows that it has to be done with care and methodically and just take some time to do so, right? And so he does this. Or he starts working on this. He blesses it. He's gonna. He's gonna. Uh, you know. He. He's, he. He actually. He actually marries them. Right. He secretly marries them. So this is a wonderful thing. And then we see this. We get to the scene where uh, where Juliet's uh, uh, cousin. His name is Tybalt. Right. Am I saying that right? Tybalt, if anyone remembers Tybalt, he was, he was kind of a hot-headed guy, right? And he doesn't like the fact that they get, the, 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 he doesn't like Romeo at all. And Romeo had been at the party and he said that he's going to pay for that. So he's going to kill him and all of this stuff. And so we fast forward to this scene and uh, Romeo's best friend, Mercutio, you remember that? I know uh, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching real good tonight, right? But Mercutio, he meets Tibble. They come and they find each other in the streets along with, uh, I think, some of uh, uh, Romeo's cousins. And they're going, to, and they're in, they're in battle. You know, they're, they're, they're about to fight. And Romeo comes by, right? And he finds Tybalt full of anger and, and, and all this stuff. And, he, and he's just so mad and he wants to, uh, he wants to uh, you know, he wants to kill Romeo and all of them. And Romeo says, I'm not going to fight you, right? I'm getting somewhere with this, but I just feel like I, maybe I will tell the whole story. But he said, I, I want to fight you. And, and, and Romeo says, I ain't going to fight you. And, 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 and he's like, what? Like, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, how could I fight the one who, I'm, who I love? See, and, and he doesn't understand. Of course, he knows he married Juliet. Now he loves him because they're family. Well, Tybalt doesn't want to hear this. And so Tybalt was going, he actually ends up killing Mercutio, uh, you know, and then they just wear the plague on both of your houses and stuff like that. And then Romeo ends up killing Tybalt. That's a bad thing. 
And so, uh, but the, the, uh, the, the, the governor or whatever of the area had put on this, uh, uh, he had put out this rule because of all the fighting between these two families. He said, if there's any more fighting, the person who's responsible for it will be put to death. He was so that tired of it that he, he put that decree out there. And so uh, it was in defense, but Romeo kiss, kills Tybalt. And he flees the scene, and of course everybody's angry and stuff. And uh, they come before the governor. And the governor says, "Who's you know who's in, in, who did all this and stuff?" And they said Romeo, but they said it wasn't his fault. You know, he was. And so instead of killing him or putting him to death, having him put to death, he said, "We won't put him to death, but we are going to exile him." And now you fast forward to the part that I wanted to get to, which is the place. Not fast forward. We got there kind of slowly, but we're getting there. But uh, uh, we we get to that place where uh, uh, you know. Romeo comes before uh, 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 the, the priest and he thinks Juliet's dead and all this stuff and the word comes that Juliet's not dead. And basically, Romeo's complaining and he's, he's ruining the day he was born, right? He's, he's hating the day he was born and cursing it. And, and the priest is like, he's like, what, what the heck is wrong with you? I'm giving you the modern day version of it, uh, the modern day Mayville version of it. But he says, what the heck's wrong with you? She's alive, right? And, and, and you're not happy about that. She could have, but you thought she was dead. Now you know she's alive and you're not happy about that. He said, Tybalt tried to kill you. And instead of him killing you, you killed him. And, and, and so you're spared there. And so you're still, you should be happy about this. And you're not, right? And then, uh, and then he's like, then the order was that you would, that, that any more of this fighting, you would be, um, that you would be killed, that you would be executed. But instead of doing that, they only, they simply exiled you. And, and, and he's like, and in this, you're still not happy. See, Romeo's thinking about what he, does, uh, what, what he doesn't have. But then he says this, and I actually took this part down because I didn't want to read the whole thing to you. I didn't think I could anyways. But he says this. He says, a pack of blessings light upon thy back. Happy, happiness courts thee in her best array. But like a misbehaved and sullen wench, ooh, ouch, thou poutest upon thy fortune and thy love. Take heed, take heed, for such for such die miserable. So in other words, you, you have all these blessings, all these things to, to, to rejoice about, all these things to look for, but the only thing you do is you keep looking to what you suppose that you've lost. And in doing so, you're making yourself miserable. In doing so, you're not seeing what's actually good in the situation. See, and this is what so many Christians do. They, 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 they come to God expecting that they're going to get something, and he does a lot. For one thing, he saved them. For one thing, we are all, no matter what is going on in this life, no matter what comes against us, if we have everything come down on us and we die today, we go to heaven. Yeah. We, have, we have a promise of eternal blessing and joy, never to know sorrow again. And yet... We get so miserable, we get so complaining, we get so, well, why didn't this go my way? And why did this go? See, the truth is, is what we look at things so often is we're not looking things correctly. We're looking at what we don't have. We focus on that. And in doing so, we make ourselves miserable. We allow that bitterness. I know that's not scripture. I mean, some people have tried to claim that, that, that Shakespeare, some really not knowing people said that Shakespeare wrote the Bible. Amen. 
But we know that it goes much further than that. But there was this claim, you know, there's this conspiracy theory about that. But, but it's not scripture, but there is a point that is being made. There, there, you know, blessings abound on us. But instead of paying attention to what we are blessed in, we pay attention to the trouble we think we have. We pay attention to the trouble we are facing in the moment. We pay attention, uh, we, we give our attention to those things that rise up before us instead of looking to the one who's over all those things. And in doing so, we do exactly what the Bible warns us about. We take our eyes off of God and we put them in the natural. And then Christians wonder, why? See, we live in a state, uh, a state, not just a state, but a state of being right now that is actually very dangerous. And this is what's happening in this country. And I'm going to kind of to share it with you to kind of sum things up to let you know. See, we, have, we live in such a prosperous, well-taken-care-of nation that there's nothing really left to fight for here. And so what happens is people start finding things to fight for. They start coming up with stupid stuff to fight for. And we all know it. We looked around and see it. You know, one time they're fighting, about, they're, they're fighting about women's rights. And then all of a sudden it transitions from women's rights to anybody but can be a woman. And now they're fighting for those rights. So now they're fighting for the rights of men that want to be women. The same people are fighting for women's rights. So that, you understand that it's mixed up and it's twisted. Why? Because people, they have nothing better to do than to fight for things that don't matter. And see, when, because everybody thinks that they're owed something. Everybody thinks that they're slighted somehow. Everybody thinks that, well, I didn't get enough. I remember when I was, a, I, I got this even before I was serving God. It was actually just before I met my wife. I was at this restaurant, and because I didn't like bars so much, I went to the place to have coffee and stuff like that. And, and I was around people that were slightly too young for the bars. I was much younger then. But people that were too, too young for bars, and, but they, they still needed some place to go at night. And one of the things, and this was right in what we called the emo stage. You remember what the emo stage is? Emo, if you didn't know, it was emo was a lot of teen angst. And of course, teen angst has always been there. But emo was specifically teen angst that came out in their in, 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 uh, all the time, you know what I mean? Just like everything's bad all the time. I'm always depressed, I'm always sad, all my, song, uh, my songs are gonna be about being depressed and sad and all that stuff. And that, that's, what, that's the essence of what emo was. It did our country a lot of good. But I remember, and I'm, I'm going to get bold here for a second, if you don't mind, because I remember I, I got tired of this, because I'm like, you know what? I've been through just enough in life to see that what you're dealing with is a bunch of garbage. That what you think you're dealing with, you haven't faced anything yet. And I, I remember one night getting really fired up, and I said, you know something? Because I was, you know, people complaining about, you know, daddy issues and stuff like that. And I was like, everybody's parents have split up. Everybody's dad has slept with someone else and formed a family somewhere else. Everybody, everybody has done this and everybody has faced this. Everybody has it. So stop being so worked up by what you think you don't have and make something of yourself. Because I just got tired of the whining about it. You know, and sometimes the church needs to hear this. Jesus Christ paid for us to have access to the Father. And yet you ask a Christian today, are you blessed? And they don't know how to answer the question. Jesus Christ paid and guaranteed access to heaven. He guaranteed, he put his Holy Spirit on the inside of you that guaranteed that if you were hungry and cared enough to get into heaven, you could always have access to the Father. And yet you can't answer a question, are you blessed? Of course we're blessed. And the fact that we don't see that we're blessed is a problem. Yeah. Forgive me if I get excited. Amen? 
God deals with me on this all the time, this, this type of stuff. It's like, where, where's the work of the ministry? Where, where are people caring to do his will? They're like, you know, people want, they, you know, I was talking to somebody today about this. They were, you, know, you know, people want a pulpit. But they don't want. Uh, they don't want to. They don't want to do the work to get a pulpit. What they want is a prepared pulpit. They want something that's easy. They want to walk in and get some. Get a paycheck. Get something that's easy. I remember my wife had a student many years ago, and this student said to her, "said I I my, I, I want to be a pastor." She's like, oh, really? That's interesting. And she asked more questions about it. But basically, the the student said, "Yeah, I want to make one hundred fifty thousand. Was one hundred fifty thousand? He pastored two churches. He pastored two churches." Yeah, he pastored two churches, makes seventy-five thousand dollars a year from each, and, and, and this was what his idea of being. But you know what's funny is we laugh at that because it's foolish. Because I'm telling you right now, <laughs> if the pastoral pay is seventy-five thousand dollars per church, we are severely underpaid here. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, 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 seriously, but 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 th that's the idea of things. See, people they they say things like they'll say things to you like I want ministry, but then they do nothing in ministry. Well, how can you say that you want ministry and want nothing to do with anything in ministry? It's foolishness. See, what they want is they want the ease without the work. But the truth is, you don't get this without work. You don't get to stand there. There's some places you do. There's some denominations that put anybody in the pulpit. But I can tell you, I can give you example after example after example of the, of the demise of churches like that. Actually, don't we see it in the news all the time, or we have in the past anyways, of different churches that have allowed uh, you know, ministers to do terrible things and, and then covering it up and stuff like that. And I, I don't agree with all that. Praise the Lord. But that's what happens when things are given. Amen? <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Take heed. Take heed, for such die miserable. People who can't recognize the blessing in their life will die miserable. L listen, I know that's Romeo and Juliet. I know Shakespeare wrote it. But that's sound biblical advice, too. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now. And we're going to get to this. We're going to see this in the scripture. Yeah. Amen? Now, this is, you ready for the scripture I was woke up with? Yeah. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. This message is not to make you feel bad. If there's boldness, it's meant to get something over. Sometimes things need to be broken loose. And we need to see this. Uh, folks, you are looking at a man who was convinced of his own weakness at every point. If you don't believe me, you can ask my wife. She's had to deal with it over the years and me getting, uh, getting past certain things and stuff like that. But I never was enough. I never felt like I was enough. I never felt like I was able. I felt like everything I tried failed. I felt like everything was against me. And for a lot of things I could point to and say they were. But you know what's interesting is none of that mattered when God decided to use me. And when God decided to use me, it was not just this particular time that he chose in my life, but he decided to use me when I was finally willing to look at him yeah. and take my eyes off of me. Right. Amen? Right. I'm not a person who likes to stand in front of people and talk. I, in fact, I despise it. I hate doing it. I'm not a person who, who, who necessarily likes to fellowship with everybody. I don't like to do that. That's not my choice. It's not my preference. I'm not a person who typically loved to see things through to the end. I always wanted to quit 
the minute, the very second, the very instant that things started getting difficult. I wanted to skip town. I was ready to quit. And that's what I did on so many things. And I did just like you do. I came up with excuses after excuse after excuse. But see, at some point I decided I'm tired of being bit, living this life being bit. And when I had the realization by somebody preaching me the word that the problem was me, ooh, ouch. But I changed something. And I still work at changing things. You don't think that I still get revelation? You don't think, do you think that that nature that always wanted to instantly quit just left? It didn't. I, you know, I deal with as much opportunity to be depressed and to be distressed and to be filled with anxiety as I ever have. Do you know that those, those temptations have never gone away from me. I have been hospitalized because of anxiety, because of mental breakdowns and those feelings, those, those, those temptations to embrace that stuff has never gone away from me. God didn't simply remove that. Do you understand that? When I say that I stand here before you as somebody who's been changed, those things never, the devil still uses the same stupid tactics and they still tempt me to, to fall into it. I was telling my, talking to my wife again about this the other night and I said, you know what the difference is? Now I know how to deal with it. And I do something with that. When I use what God has given me to deal with it, it works. But that's a decision I always have to make. And so I get, I, I have no place in my, in my mind for somebody who just continually goes back to their vomit. When they embrace the vomit, I have no place for that because I know what it's like. I want to do the same thing. I want to go back to my vomit. And sometimes I start to, just like you do. But we have to stop the cycle somewhere if we want the blessing of God. Because the blessing, you know what the blessing of God does not do? The blessing of God does not make a bunch of spoiled rich kids. It doesn't do that. It, it, God allows us. I actually heard this recently. I thought it was really awesome. God allows us to be tempted because it builds spiritual uh, strength within us. Yeah. When, when God allows us to be tempted, the devil, he doesn't tell the devil. The devil's out to tempt us. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to lose. But God knows that if you'll listen to the word, he'll allow you to be tempted and he'll allow that to strengthen you. You know, we, we often like the, the scripture in Romans 8, 28, you know. He causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God. And what a lot of people see that is, is, oh, well, God loves me, so he's just going to make everything work out. That's not what it means. It means that when you have opposition, if you listen to him, you follow him, he will strengthen you through that opposition and make you somebody that can't fall. Yeah. That's what it means. Do you know why? Because as long as the devil is here, he is going to throw things at you. Yeah. He ain't going to stop. If you're praying for the devil to leave you alone, guess what? You're praying to die. That's what you're doing. I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. The devil will not leave you alone as long as you exist on this earth in in this form. He will not. So to pray that you you might as well just pray, Lord, take me home. Because that's what you're asking. He is not going to stop the devil. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Everything, every sin that we fall into, everything that we could possibly do wrong, all of it, we have a way out. God has given us a way out. He has ensured it. Amen? But over here in Proverbs uh, 23, 7, now, this is really interesting because this is on my heart. I got real excited about it. It says, for as he thinks within himself, so, so he is. He says, you eat and drink 
but his heart is not with you. And you know, I always looked at that, and of course, I've always heard this, you know, about this, yeah, yeah, how you think matters, and if you think right, that's what you'll be, so you can make your reality. Brothers and sisters, I'm gonna teach you a truth here. That's dangerously close to something we call new age. You don't change your reality just by what you think. You don't do it. And that's not what the scripture is saying. But, and so when I, I what, what happened was is I, I go to the scripture, right? Because it was on my heart as I wake up. And I know it's for this message and I'm excited about that. And then I hear these words in my spirit. Why don't you go study that out? And then I study it out and I say, whoa, Lord, it doesn't say what I've always thought it said. And how am I going to use it in the service if it's, like, why would you give it to me for the service if that's the truth? But then he showed me why. Praise the Lord. And, and you get it through context. So let's just read a little bit of context. Amen? I'm also teaching you something here about reading the word, by the way. Start in verse 6. It says, Do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsel you have eaten and waste your compliments. Amen? The ESV version of it says this, instead of, uh, uh, for as he thinks within himself, so he, so he is, it says it like this, he is like one who is inwardly calculating. <clears throat> it means something totally different, right? So it says, instead of saying, uh, you know, instead of saying uh, as he thinks, because we always used to hear, as a man thinks, so is he. But it, it, the, a correct rendering of it, or better understanding of it in modern English, is he is like one who is inwardly calculating. What this scripture is telling us is this, that the true nature of man is what's in his heart. And what it's warning about, if you're eating with a selfish person, they, they, may, they may put it on and say, oh, you know, enjoy this meal. You know, I prepared this meal for you. Look what I got you and all this stuff. But the whole time while they're sitting there watching you eat it, they're thinking, man, that meal cost me a lot. Is he really going to eat that much? Or is she really going to eat that much? What's that? And then they'll talk smack about you. And the, what the point is in verse 8 is it says, at the end of it, it says, uh, you will vomit up your morsel if you have eaten and waste your compu. In other words, and actually the, 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 the text there, if you, if you get into studying it out, if you really want to, it's, it's the idea of getting like a hair caught in your throat. You ever done that? <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to vomit it up. And so that's what, it, if you realize, what the point is, is if you realize the heart of that person, that's what it actually is. See, a lot of people, and a lot of people do that in churches, they, they put it on. Oh, yeah, this is great. This is wonderful. But then when they go home, they're like, ah, I hate that. I hated what pastor said today. I hate, you know what I mean? And what they're doing is they're showing the inward, their, their heart, who they really are by things like that. What, what, what is that? That's a vein of bitterness. What that is, is, is instead of embracing something that, that is truth and good, they're embracing lies. They're embracing, you know, their own way of being. They're, they're, they're resisting what the truth. Amen? And so when, when I started realizing this, it's like as a man thinks in his heart, so, so he is. What the point that it's trying to make is, is that what, what you really are is on the inside of you. So if you don't guard what's on the inside of you, then, then, then you're, you're going to get all messed up. Yeah. You're going to be all messed up. You're not going to think right about anything. 
And of course, we understand this, that, that if, we're in, if, if we're in bitter envy and self-seeking, the Bible tells us, that let not that man suppose he'll receive anything. Glory to God. And that also says for an unstable man, but it's the same thing. When it's talking about that wishy-washy back and forth, you say one thing, but you mean another. Amen? Praise God. And so we have to watch these things to, to be Christians. How does this apply to a Christian, you may wonder? Well, if we're, if we're Christians who are coming to church and we're raising our hand, oh, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Jesus, you're so good to me. Oh, I'm so thankful. And you say to your brothers and sisters, they say, how are you doing today? They say, oh, I'm so blessed. God, just so good, you know, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden something bad happens and you're like, why does God hate me? Why is my life so bad? Why is everything always against me? Do you know what that is? That's the fullness of pride. Why is everything, everything's always against everybody. Have you not noticed other people having issues? Like you don't notice anybody else struggling? You don't notice anybody else that can't, that, that, that can't seem to, 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 to get it right sometimes? You don't notice anybody else who has car problems or health problems or money, money problems or, or, or spouse problems or, or friend problems or just whatever problem you can possibly come up with? Like you've never noticed that? Of course we notice it. The world's full of it. And what the world needs, wants to hear is the world wants to hear Christians aligning themselves with them saying, yes, I'll say I'm blessed, but then I'll act the rest of the time like I'm not. I don't know what it's like to be blessed. Everything is always wrong. Everything is always going bad for me. Are you blessed or aren't you blessed? Did Jesus save you or not? See, the point is, is that, yeah, we can start with that, but that's a good place to start for everybody who wants to believe. Do you want to know how bad life is? Think about how bad it'd be if Jesus never died for you and you had to spend eternity in hell. I'll tell you what, that'll change your attitude quickly if you know what hell is. By the way, we're going to be preaching on that coming up. <clears throat> the Lord started dealing with me. It's not something I've wanted to do. It's something I've actually pushed off for well over a year now. But God finally dealing. We're going to be dealing with uh, sin, hell, and redemption. We're going to be talking about those things over the next however many weeks on Sunday mornings. We're going to be talking about those things and learning about uh, what, what these things really are. Because I'm going to, uh, there was actually this, uh, this, this famous person, famous atheist, and he said this. He said, I don't. I don't respect any Christian that doesn't proselytize. What that means is tell people about their faith. Proselytizing is going out there and sharing their faith. He said, I don't respect that. He said, how could you believe that I'm going to go to hell and not have everything in you want to tell me about it? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, man, that came from an atheist. That should come out of the pulpit, but that came from an atheist. Christians, we got to wake up and think about this thing that we're doing. We're spending so much time thinking about how not blessed we are that there are people that are dying every single day without Jesus. There are people that are going every single day without knowing the Lord. Praise God. And it's all because Christians are so wrapped up in their own garbage. They're so wrapped up in their own stuff that they can't open their eyes and see that God has blessed them so they could go out in the world to be a blessing. If you've got money, God has given you money to be a blessing, not so you can hoard it to yourself and never share it with anybody else. And I'm not talking about coming, to, but I'm talking about finding places to put that money. Now, I'm not saying that there's not times you can't enjoy it. Of course, God wants you to enjoy your lives and enjoy blessing. But it's not all about that. 
You know, it's like, you, you, you know, if, if you got to fight with people to go on missions or to, to support missions or, or to fund the work of the church or, or, or whatever God wants to do, and people are constantly fighting these kinds of things. And it's like, why are they fighting it? Why do they resist the very things that God has given them to be blessed in? Do you realize if God has called you to do a church, which he has, he has called you there to be a supply in every way, shape, and form. And he will supply it as you step out and you hunger for the things of God. But we have to decide that that's exactly what we want to do. I have no idea how long I've been preaching. How long have I been preaching? 48 minutes. Okay, so I'm still, I'm still doing good by my standards. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. See, what we are on the inside, when, 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 it, when you wipe away all the stuff, what do we, it's, it's okay. Don't, I don't want him to feel bad. Like he's got a lot of stuff going on back there. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, you know, he's got to work the camera on, work the, the stuff, the machines, all the stuff. Anyway, praise God. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't preaching too, too long. But when you wipe away all the stuff, when we wipe, at the end of the day, what, what are we as Christians? What are we doing? Why, you know, when you, you know, I, I remember, of course, I remember for myself, I remember getting the, the realization that Jesus saved me and that God wanted a relationship with me. And I remember how that realization changed my life. And for weeks, I remember maybe even months, I was just like, my gosh, I never knew this. I never knew that God loved me this much. I never knew that God wanted a relationship with me. I never knew that God did this stuff, you know? I've been there, you've been there too. But, you know, I've also found times where it's like, you know, at some point it's like, okay, we've been doing this for a while and oh, we don't see a lot of blessing or we don't see a lot of this or we don't see a lot of this or whatever. And the whole thing is God's saying, yeah, by this time you ought to be eating solid food and I've still got to feed you milk. How many Christians are still coming? Uh, they're still coming to the mom to be fed. I was thinking, yeah, they're still nursing Christians. See, I was going to say something a lot worse. But I, I, was, I, was, I was having the premonition of my wife saying, no! So that, that, that kept me, praise the Lord, yeah, thanks for helping me. Praise the Lord. Being nursing, they're still nursing. Christians, four, five, six, seven, ten, decades sometimes, still nursing. Like babies. They're not, they're not grown, they're not, realizing, they're not realizing how blessed they are. It's like, if you've got to convince Christians that they're blessed, I've got, to, I've got to ask myself if you've ever listened to anything or ever even read the scripture for yourself. Why do you got to be convinced of your blessing when, the, when, it, when it starts in such a, 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 a simple form? Amen? I got to keep moving because I do want to get to these other scriptures. They're important. Hebrews 12. Amen? Yeah. Praise Jesus. I'm not making light of going through things. I'm, I, you know, the Bible says to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, and you know that I do that. But I'm going to preach the word with the boldness of truth that, 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 that saves people, that gets people to a place where they don't, uh, because I'm, I'm, listen, I'm just not in this anymore, and the world is going to the place. I'm not in it for weak Christianity anymore. You want to be a weak Christian? Go to one of the dom denominational churches that won't preach the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. You want to be a weak Christian, do that. Go somewhere else and be a weak Christian somewhere else. 
But we're raising up people here who are hungry for God and want the work of the Lord to, to prevail, that want to do the things God wants them to do. Not Christians that every time something comes up against them that they fall off and, and just, just in weakness and, you know, it's like stubbing a toe and like and sitting there acting like it's, it's been broken for years. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, and it's time that we rise above these things. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 15 through 17. By the way, this is what faith is. This is what faith, like if you, if you don't like this, you don't like faith. Because faith is like, I'm not going to be rocked by this world and this, the things in it. I'm not going to be rocked. Again, we have hard situations and we have times where we have to get away. There's important things. That's one of the things about the local church. Do you know that? This is supposed to be a place where we come out of the world and we get away from all the worldly stuff that we have to deal with, we have at least once a week where we can do this. A lot of times we have twice a week where we, come, we can come away and we can, we can embrace faith and we can be strengthened together and we can run at the world together, amen? Were you going to get refreshing out there in the world? When was the last time you sat on a bar stool and saw refreshing, right? You saw people get drunk, but you didn't see them refreshed. Amen. Hebrews 12, 15. It says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Now, I've preached about the grace many times, and if you don't remember, I'm just going to remind you again, the grace of God is essentially, it's the ability of God. It's, it, it's that which affords joy in a Christian life. It's the access to the fruits of the Spirit. I'm just adding to it. I'm just giving you all the things that grace is. Grace is something that you didn't deserve, but God gives you. Grace is something that you cannot earn, but God has given you, because that's what He does when you embrace Him. But it says here, look at what it says. It says, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. So how do we come short of it? Well, I, I, I have, a, I, have a, 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 I imagine that the word's going to tell us here. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And look at this. By it, many, become, many be defiled. Many people are defiled by bitterness that rises up. And when you, when you be, it means when you become defiled by the bitterness. Amen? Like I said, you want to sit down and, and trade horror stories? Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I mean, I've got many things good in my life. I talk about them all the time. Right? That isn't, to, that's, that's to encourage you. But, you know, for everything good that we have in our life, you don't think that we have opposition? We haven't been on one ministry trip this year where we haven't had severe and serious opposition to the place where it makes us not even want to do it. One ministry, one time we've gotten away. My, uh, actually, the, the last time we went away, my wife well, came to me. I didn't even want to do it. I didn't even want to go. You can ask her. The only reason that I went is because she was like, you know, I, I really think this is something we ought to do. When I went, I found out how necessary it was to go and just relax and just get away from everything. We haven't had, like, we have had attack after attack after attack just this year. Like, you have too. In, in the last year, we did. And you have too. Do you want to trade horror stories? We can sit here and trade horror stories. We can talk about how unfair it is. You want to talk about unfair? We can talk about unfair all day long. Listen, everybody's got examples of unfair. Your unfairness does not make you special. But you embracing that unfairness is going to make you weak. It's going to make you not able. Amen? Praise the Lord. Don't let bitterness spring up causing trouble. 
And it says that there be uh, no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. It's really interesting that this, this account is used at this place in Scripture, but you want to know why it is? See, Esau had a birthright. He had something given to him that belonged to him by God, just like you do when you get reborn. But you know what Esau did with it? He thought he didn't think it was that important. It wasn't important enough to fight for it. In fact, he, he gave it up for a morsel of food. He just gave it up because he was hungry. How many Christians do it for less? How many Christians give up the very, the, the very blessing that God is working in their life just, just because something happened in, the, in their day? Something bad happened, so I, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be part of it. I'm not going to church today because, because I, I, I'm upset at things in life. Like, listen, that happens all the time. I understand the temptation of that. I get there too. But when we understand that the blessing is going to come through the local church, you just agreed with the devil and you followed him to your demise. Yeah. And, and this is why people that start doing that, they start going down a road of this. And I'm not saying, okay, if we, we have all done it here and there. Like, listen, everybody has done it. So don't feel bad if you've done it, even if you've done it recently. But when we go down the road of resisting what God has given us to bless us, my Lord. And then we come and we say, well, oh, can I get into this? Should I get into it? Praise God. Hmm. I don't know if I want to say this. I want to make sure it's not me. I'll just wait and see and make sure it's not me. Hallelujah. I watch people do things all the time. I watch my church people, not different people in our churches, um, do things all the time throughout whatever, any given time. But I'm like, here God set it up for you and you despised it. God, God had it here for you, and you despised it. You know, there's, there's plenty of times that we didn't want to serve, and we did. There was times when I served, when we served, I remember ushering and catching people when I couldn't even bend over and tie my shoes because my back hurt so bad. And I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm just saying that I had that conviction to do that. I understand what it's like. I understand what it's like to, to, to serve and, and, go and, and, and go to service after service after service and have nothing. I understand what it's like to week after week after week give my last few dollars to somebody else because the Lord put it on my heart to bless them and I didn't have even enough money to buy one single cup of coffee when coffee was $1.50 or a dollar. Not one cup of coffee. All week long. Do you understand? Like that's, that's understand. I understand poverty. I understand what it's like to be in those positions. Praise God. But, but, but you see, when, when God is doing something, when you understand who you are in Christ, that stuff becomes less and less important to you. And doing the work of God does, becomes more important to you. There's periods of time. My wife and I lived in that for years. We tithed, we gave, and we had nothing. We put ever, we, there was a time when that's why we preached the, prosper, or the, the, the financial seminar. That's why we do that, uh, why we've done it. And when we're asked, we do it again. Because if pe we know if people grab a hold of it, they'll be blessed. Amen? We understand what it's like to live there. Opposition from people. Oh my gosh, I could tell you about opposition. Been dragged into courts. Had people threatening me. Had all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of things. We had family absolutely despise us and hate us simply because of our faith. And I don't mean uh, not taking a, an active role in it. I mean they purposed every time we were around to be miserable to us because of our faith. Wrote us off. 
We understand what it's like. We understand what it's like when people in the world like will hate you and walk away from you. How many times where I've, I, I, I've just to be a blessing, I don't even charge for the, like to, to go do a few. Now, if somebody gives me something or whatever, that's one thing. But I don't charge to go do other funerals and stuff like that for other people that I don't know. I've, I've never, uh, I've never asked for a dime to do those things. Now, how many times I've done funerals and had people just sit there and glare at me while I'm doing it. The only thing I'm trying to do is help them. Listen, we understand what it's like is all I'm saying. Like there's nobody in here. There's, you look around, there's nobody who's more blessed. By God, there's nobody who's more blessed. Yeah, we, we, we all have the blessing of the Lord working on the inside of us if we, if we would choose to, to hold on to it. But if like Esau, we make light of it, we say, well, you know, yeah, Jesus died for me, but I really wanted that new car. Jesus died for me, but I really wanted a, a vacation. Jesus died for me, but I really, you know, I meant to pay off this this month, but because of this unexpected bill, this happened. Jesus died for me, but so-and-so isn't doing right. Maybe, you know, somebody in my family or whatever, or somebody uh, that I care about, you know, maybe it could be anything. They're not doing right. I know Jesus died for me, but this is more important. This is more important for me to focus on. That, that's what we're saying. See, I know these things are harsh, and I know these things are hard, and by the looks on most of your faces, I can tell it's hitting somebody somewhere. Amen? It's the truth, and I understand that. It's not popular, and it's not popular to preach. And believe me, I didn't sign up to do it. In fact, if I had known this morning, this is why God woke me up happy, because if I knew that it was going to be like this, I'd have never come here tonight. I would have canceled saying the weather was bad or something. You know what I mean? Praise God. I'm just telling you the truth. I would have found some way out of it. <clears throat> Praise God. But we need these kinds of truths to wake us up and say, wait a minute. It's not bad. It's not bad. Do you know if you eat three full meals a day, Praise, or if you have access to three full meals a day. You're in like, the, you're, you're like in, in a high percentage of the world or a low percentage of the world. What is it? You're in the like top 3% of the world or something like that. Yeah, like you're in the top tier of the world. We don't suffer in this country. You, you, you know, like most of the people that are homeless, I shouldn't say most of the people, a good portion of the people that are homeless in this country are homeless simply by choice. They're not homeless because they have to be. And they certainly don't have to stay there if they are. There's a way out. Praise God. We even see that with drug addicts. There's a lot of drug addicts that are drug addicts by choice. Alcoholics that are alcoholics by choice. I'm not talking about somebody who's in it for, you know, 20, 30 years, finds out that it's wrong and they want to get away from it and now they're addicted. No, there's people that are running to this stuff. Amen? Oh, praise the Lord. And now we get to the how. How do we, how do, we do all this? Flip, turn with me to Philippians Philippians 4. This is the answer. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Somebody comes in off the street, you're talking to somebody at work or you're talking to somebody out there in the world and they're talking about how bad everything is. Don't preach this message to them. They don't know. We are the church. Everybody that's in this place tonight has been born again, and I know it. Amen? Amen. Everybody in here that's been, uh, uh, praise God. Everybody, um, you know, we got some that are, are, are young enough where 
it, it, there's no requirement yet, you understand. But, but other than that, there's, there, you know, everybody in here is born again. We need this message. The world doesn't need this message. The world needs us to get this message and get it right. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. So what's the answer to all this? Philippians 4, 4. We're going to start there, read through verse 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. This is the first step in it, rejoicing in the Lord. Why? Because it's realization that you are blessed. Yeah. This is the recognition. This is your first steps in ver of, of verbal movement toward being, uh, to, 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 to walking in what God has made you to be. If you are downtrodden, if you are broken and defeated and you refuse this, there is no point in going any further. Listen to what I'm saying. This is serious. You ready? If you are refusing this, there is no point in going further. Do not ask me to pray for you because it will not work. You might as well not even pray yourself because it probably won't work. Go to rejoicing because that's what the word says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, just in case you think I'm being a little dramatic, this whole scripture is right about when it's getting into talking about how we deal with anxiety and trial and trouble. Yeah. Amen? Rejoice. That's why when you're going through something, so many of you have received this from me. All I'm doing tonight is reminding you of it. Yeah, yeah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I would say rejoice. When something's bad, well, rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. When you don't know what to do, rejoice in the Lord. When everything is completely opposite of what you want, rejoice in the Lord. Because here's the truth. If you won't rejoice in the Lord, you don't believe what God has done. You don't believe it. You don't believe that God has ever done anything good for you. You don't believe in the power saving of the cross. You don't believe what Jesus Christ has paid for for you. You don't believe the ability of the Holy Spirit to work within you. If you can't get yourself to rejoice in trial, you are saying the exact same thing that the world's saying, and that's pointless. It's worthless. And, and there's people, I've, I've watched it. I can tell you people in not too distant future that sat in this church and sat in this church and sat in this church and heard me preach these things, heard me talk about these things, heard me say about how, you know, if you don't connect to the word, it won't work. If you don't connect to the word, you won't be blessed. They sit there and listen to it, but they never put it to practice. And then they sit there and they wonder, well, and they get, and I see, I've seen them. I've seen them get so depressed, they leave and don't come back. And the whole time I want to like, I, I, like want to shake. Listen, this is for you. If you're feeling these things, if you're feeling like you don't want to rejoice, this is for you. Yes. I don't feel like I want to rejoice most of the times when I have to rejoice. In fact, most of the times I think about rejoicing are not in times where I want to rejoice. But the Lord reminds me of it because that's exactly what I need is to rejoice. Yes. Well, praise God. So first you need to rejoice. Verse 5 says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. <clears throat> be anxious for nothing. Have worry about nothing. Don't fret about anything. Don't get worked up in your flesh about nothing. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> we have put what has happened, and I'll just tell you, we have been American, too Americanized. And what that is, is we have been so blessed that we don't consider, I was listening to this thing on singleness today. It was really interesting. 
singleness in the church, and there's different aspects of it. But this is one of the things that, that, that I thought was really interesting, and they said this, I didn't know I'd bring it out, but, but I thought it's interesting enough to say it. There was this, do you realize that before the, the, the Protestant Reformation, um, which was, you know, in the last 500 years, before the Protestant Reformation, there was no such thing as marriage for pleasure. People didn't get married for pleasure. It was strictly business. It was to produce more people. It was to align kingdoms. It was to have some money or have some way of support, but it was not for pleasure. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have pleasure in marriage or, or, or life in general. But what I'm saying for you, if we, if we understood how things went in times past, we would understand more of how we're supposed to act. Yeah. See, we are so accustomed to having everything we want. Do you know there's many years in this country where there's no power at all? Yeah. We, we go 24 hours, I'm fit to be tied. <laughs> what is that? That, that? That's being Americanized. Yeah. We, we, we have it, now we don't have it, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? This is the, the struggle that we're in, and, and this is a struggle that we have, which it, it doesn't mean that we should, you know, it doesn't mean that we have to go get extreme and turn off all the power and learn how to live without it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that what we need to do is we need to, we need to put ourselves in check yeah. and recognize that if we're drawing breath, we're blessed. Yeah. Recognize that if we, can, if we can eat anything, we're blessed. Yeah. If I can eat once a day, I'm blessed. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. I, I've never had a problem eating once a day. Even in the worst, I found some, even in the worst, we had nothing. I found some way to eat and could have had more if I wanted to. Amen? Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with, everyone say it with me, thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes, uh, surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, and this is the key. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if there is anything praise, worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So you put to practice of the word, and you don't dwell on things that rob you. It may be true, but dwelling on it isn't going to change it. You may be afraid, but dwelling on it is going to make you feel better about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've pictured this sometimes. I, I, I've actually had this thought. I've been in an airplane. And, uh, you know, I've had, I, I always have this moment in an airplane. Every time I fly, mm -hmm. there's always this moment. Well, that's what, this is literally what I hear in my head. I hear myself saying, well, if it goes down now, there ain't nothing you can do about it. I say that to myself every time. You know why? I'm not speaking my future into being. I'm just speaking myself the truth. There's no reason to worry about it. Yeah. See, all these people, and I was one of them, always afraid to fly. I was one of these people, always afraid to fly. You know how you get over the fear of flight? You get up 30,000 feet in the air and you say, well, if it crashes now, ain't nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You, you, you know, you might as well pretend you're on a roller coaster or something if that's what's going to happen because what else are you going to do? You ain't going to make it fly any better by, by screaming. You know what I mean? Praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, if you're out in the ocean, you're floating around, you're stressed. Thought about that, too. What happens if I was stranded in the ocean? You know, I have these thoughts, you know. What happens if I was stranded in the ocean? And all of a sudden, sharks start swarming. There ain't a whole lot you can do about it. Amen? They take one leg. Well, at least I got another one, maybe. You know, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, for a little while anyways, until the other one smelled the blood, then maybe, you know, but, but whatever, glory to God, or, or it'll all be over soon. That's another way of looking at it too, you know, whatever it's got to be. But you understand, there's always, see, there's always a way we can steer ourselves because we're not going to change things by freaking out. We're not going to change things by, by, by suddenly, like, listen, they did horrible things to early Christians. Thank God we didn't have to go through it. Maybe some people will still have to go through it. I don't know. I don't know how all that's going to work out. But we ain't got to worry about it. Horrible things. I'll tell you what, right now, they strap you up to a, a post and then they send out a lion. I'm going to tell you what, right now, your, your, your mortgage payment isn't going to matter too much to you. How nasty your boss was, you ain't going to care about that no more. How your, how your neighbor treated you at church, oh, that ain't going to matter. Listen, you're looking at the mouth of a lion that's about to eat you, that sees you as a snack. Amen. Praise God. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and not me, not Pastor Jeff, but Paul. Yeah. Right? The things that the Bible teaches us, these things that you see, put these to practice in your life. Put rejoicing to practice in your life. You say, I don't feel about it. Well, 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 how about this? You're in a bad time, you don't feel like it? Well, practice it when it's good, and then when it's, when it's not, it'll be easier. You know, find ways of, of, of stirring yourself up in the things of God. Look around you all the time. That's why God said, well, look for me in your, in your day. He told that to me. Because if I look for God in my day, it's really hard to live a day that's just miserable and hating him, you know, or hating life. The only time I do that is when I haven't looked for him. And then he reminds me, hey, kid, you remember what I told you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Amen? I'm going to close with this. I don't think I put it in there. But Caleb, if you can find Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified Version, can you do that? You can pull it up. Amen. I just added this just in between prayer and, and coming out to preach. Uh, it says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. This is just a few, few scriptures later. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. This is the one who, who is leaning on Christ for their power. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I love that. Do you know, uh, there's one version, I couldn't find it, but I thought about it. There's one version that says, I can do hard things through Christ who strengthens me. Now listen, folks, this message isn't, you know, you're at the gym working out. That's not what the scripture is about. You know, I mean, some people use it that way. God bless them. You know, I'm not, not coming against them, but I'm just saying that's not what it's for. This isn't for, you know, if you've been a jack wagon and you just think, well, now that I got to deal with the consequences, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. You know, this is talking about when you, when you uh, have put your heart on the Lord, when you did just what it said back there a few verses earlier, right? When you've put your heart towards God, when you said, I'm going to dwell on the good things, I'm going to dwell on the things that are good, I'm going to look for those things. And like I said, if you can start with nothing else, the simple thing you can start with is salvation. I've got salvation. I don't have to spend my, life, my eternity in hell. Praise God. I've got salvation, then you start speaking yourself. I've got salvation, which means I got the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit means I have access to heaven. I have direction to get there. So even if I don't know how to get there, even if I feel lost, guess what? I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me who will take me there. Yeah. And I'll trust him to do that. So I said, see, you start talking to yourself. You start talking to yourself the right way, you'll work yourself right out of your issues. And then what you find is this. The problems, they weren't so big. The issues, not so much. The, the, you know, the pain, it didn't hurt so bad. See, when you see the truth of it through God's word, when you understand that you are blessed by the nature of who he's recreated you to be, there's nothing that can take you out and you can rest in his strength. Amen?